0: practitioners when I'm faced with clients who are struggling with digesting emotions information or food the extract common fig is the one that comes to my mind and today I'm joined with some brilliant co-hosts who will be sharing with me some more knowledge on common fig and I'd love to introduce them to you hi Terry good to see you
1: hi good afternoon everyone You want me to tell about me, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) You can. I can sum it up. I'm a plant geek. (laughs) Plant geek herbalist. Love to find the plants around me that will support me in my common um, acute sorts of health issues and try to teach others to do the same.
0: Beautiful. Thanks. And you know a lot about trees.
2: We're so glad to have you. And Thanks. Megan Lump. Hi, everyone. It's nice to be with you. I'm Megan Lump, and I live in the Midwest of the United States, and I practice acupuncture and body work in gemotherapy.
0: So it's wonderful to be with these ladies today as we explore the extract common fig on this episode 7, Gemo Memo. So today we're going to begin with just looking at the fig tree itself. And Terry, I know you have some really interesting information to share with us. What what can you start us out with, just so we can get a picture of the common fig tree?
1: Well, the common fig, Ficus carica, is native to the Mediterranean. I saw quite a lot of them when I was traveling in Turkey and everyone was very proud to have it in their garden or their yard. It um, also grows in Southwest Asia, in rocky, gravelly, quite poor soil that's well-drained and in a hot and sunny situation, so it loves long, hot, sunny days. The tree can grow 20 to 30 feet tall, the bark is white and smooth, and um, if you would bruise or cut the leaf, the leaf itself is fragrant. It's so widely cultivated in these native areas that it's called poor man's food. And part of that also is that it is very easily propagated during the dormant season with just a stem cutting. So it's quite available to people. Um, It has broad, tough, leathery, deciduous leaves, and it exudes a white latex that's a little bit irritating to the skin from the leaves and stems if they're cut or broken. Most likely, we believe this is the first tree that was ever cultivated. Wow, wow. Um, Is there some interesting folklore
0: about
1: common fig tree you know i could go on and on and on and on (laughs) this is a sacred tree of ancient egyptians romans and greeks as well as other countries it is often mentioned in religious texts but also in myth the fig tree is featured in many origin stories around the world yeah of course in the bible we read that adam and eve covered themselves with fig leaves It is said the fig tree is a gift from Dionysus, who's the Greek god of wine, fertility, revelry, and dance. And a good combination of things to be in charge of, right? Right. (laughs) This marks the transition from the nomadic hunter-gatherer societies to the more sedentary and stationary lifestyle called farming now. So um, also in ancient Egypt, pharaohs um, believed that when they died, that they would be greeted at the edge of the desert by a fig tree, and from the fig tree leaves, Hathor the goddess would come out to welcome them to heaven. Fig trees are also associated with many Hindu deities. The roots of one particular Indian species represents Brahma, the creator. The leaves represent Shiva, the destroyer. And the trunk represents Vishnu, the preserver. So you've got the whole ball of wax right there in one tree. And for Buddhists, this plant is the most important because under this tree is where Buddha attained enlightenment.
0: Right. Right. Beautiful. Wow. Well, if we we look at common fig as a tree, just at its properties, is there any hint? Are there hints there for us for what medicinally its purpose
1: might be? Well, we know some things about the chemical constituents. It is rich in calcium, potassium, phosphorus, and iron. It does have safe and gentle laxative properties, probably from its ability to moisten tissues. Mm -hmm. And that assists in any sort of dry tissue or mucus membrane kind of condition. So dry coughs, um, a lot of skin conditions, the entire digestive tract. Um, A couple other chemicals, there's one called sorolin and it is spelled exactly like psoriasis at the beginning, so we know that that is particular to treating some of these skin conditions like eczema, vitiligo, psoriasis, and in Japanese recent research, they have been finding a chemical called benzaldehyde, which is showing some anti-cancer properties and the ability to protect blood from bacteria and parasites, viruses. And some blood disorders such as hepatitis C. It also seems to control blood pressure. Um, the tree has been used as a sort of flower essence, and they say it's kind of like a soul food. It combats feelings of emptiness. It can ground your thoughts and emotions and boost energy. Um, in this regard, I believe it's much much used as a nervous system support, probably like gemal therapy does. Yeah,
0: exactly. Wow, thanks, Terry. hmm So when we use the buds from this tree, and it's the buds, am I right, Terry, that we're using yes, from the tree yes. fig tree to make our gemotherapy extract, we see some very interesting actions. And like you just mentioned, Terry, the primary action is on the autonomic nervous system. Particularly that access from the brain to the stomach mm. and the neuron, tra- neuron transmissions involved in that communication. So, when we know fig trees working, the improvement we're going to see is actually in the stomach and its ability to digest. And acid secretion and motility of the stomach is slowed, so, digestion is optimized. Now, with folks where stool elimination may be an ongoing issue that it is slowed, we have to proceed with caution with common fig, because obviously, if digestion slowed, stool elimination will slow with it. Now I'll give some hints about how we might work around that. Um, but continuing on with its primary actions, it, the actual action is on the acidic pump and it inhibits the histamine receptors so this makes this extract a very interesting um, part of a protocol for those with um, particular food allergies whether they're having acute or chronic responses to them and there's also a primary action on the brain so the central nervous system improving the quality of the transmission and information coming via serotonin, adrenaline, neuroadrenaline, and dopamine. So a lot of primary actions there in this extract. The secondary action is actually on the hypothalamus gland, and what common fig will do there when it's working correctly is produce a calming effect. So who might consider common fig? I've already alluded to the fact that there can be some challenges with slowing stool. So the first use of it is actually too slow stool in an acute use. And that's when someone's having frequent loose stools, common figs of slowing down of the process can help that. Or if um, the uh, uh, body is trying to relieve itself through vomiting and the vomiting becomes excessive or repetitive and we can't stop it. Common fig will help settle that. It can be very useful, just a few drops in the mouth of a child who's vomiting to calm that down. Now, with dog rose, we use it acutely for headaches. This isn't a migraine cure, this is for those headaches from sitting at the computer too long or from being tired or a headache that that may be the start of a virus. So, the two together work very well. When we microdose a common fig, we get a very interesting action tapping in um, subtly to the nervous system. So, this harmonizing effect that common fig offers can produce a sense of calm for anyone that has been um, faced with very strong emotions or an overwhelm of information. This could be um, a mental overwhelm, as so some cognitive issues going on, or emotional, or um, physical. So you can use this in um, small amounts, one to three drops, and um, this can be very useful in these cases. In protocols to improve elimination, what we'll be doing is using it in these chronic conditions where there's chronically too frequent stools and they're loose. We certainly wouldn't use it in any other time. And then, of course, where would this common fig fall into protocols when we're addressing long standing issues after we've optimized someone's elimination? Well, we've got babies and small children with reflux. We know today in adults, reflux is a huge. Um, ongoing chronic issue. And common fig along with common alder and a well-matched extract for stool elimination is an excellent way to work someone off of these um, acid blocking medications that are so prevalent in conventional medicine. And then for emotional and physical symptoms with eating disorders. Um, I've seen some really lovely results and I, I find that still working with this in microdoses may be the best way there and it could be given a couple times a day. I was recently working with a client who had a lot of purging um, issues that just weren't able to be resolved and use common fig um, on an ongoing basis in tiny doses through the day and it was very successful. So then finally, um, if there are complications regarding stomach ulcers, I use common figs successfully in those cases. So just one last comment on this though, when using it acutely or for chronic symptoms and we're worried this person's stool will slow down, perhaps this is already the issue and yet we really want to use common fig because it has such beautiful attributes we can combine that with extracts such as blueberry or lingonberry, um, blackthorn, or walnut to help promote a healthy stool pattern so we can get the benefits um, still from common fig. So that was quite a bit, <laughs> but I'm super interested, Megan, as always, because you put a nice spin on this in connecting the plant and this very practical, approach of these primary and secondary um, options. So what are you seeing through the lens of Chinese medicine with common fig?
2: Yes, Lauren. So common fig is our first extract that we're touching upon in Gemmo Memo, where we're talking about the the health of the digestive tract and what we call postnatal qi. In a few of our other discussions, we've talked about prenatal qi and kidney energy. And postnatal qi is the other source of qi in our body. So it's important that we first discuss what we call spleen because fig is primarily a spleen-supporting extract from the eyes of Asian medicine. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about spleen in Chinese and Japanese medicine, It's not the same as the meaning in allopathic medicine. In allopathic medicine, we're primarily talking about the spleen organ. We're talking about it as part of the immune system and lymphatic system. In Chinese and Japanese medicine, we're talking about spleen as the partner of stomach and as the primary organs in the process of digestion. Interestingly, it's good to note at this point that not only do spleen and stomach digest food, which is their main responsibility. They also digest all of our stimulus, all of our input, everything that comes into the body through our sense organs and all of our thought and emotions. So that is so congruent with what we're talking about with harmonizing the nervous system. As some of you can remember who have been following our podcast from our discussion of other extracts, Asian medicine, Talks about two sources of chi: prenatal chi, which primarily is governed by the kidneys. Uh, that's the chi that we come in with, that we're born with, and that can be thought of as a savings account for our body. It stores and supplies our backup energy for when we need them. The other source is called postnatal chi, and this is the chi that we create from food and fluid and breath. And this is the chi that we're constantly refreshing. And make- Daily basis. And postnatal chi is uh, governed by stomach and spleen energy. Now, when we're talking about the immune support properties, it's interesting that in allopathic medicine, there's more talk now on the immune system living in the gut. And we are now talking about the health of the gut and its relations to the immune system. So, it is important for people of all ages that this process of creating postnatal chi and deriving our, um, the foods from food and fluids be working because we don't want to have to tap into our backup reserves unless we really need them. So the strength of our postnatal chi is governed by the health of our digestion. When we look at digestion from an Asian medical lens, we, it's often helpful to use the image of a soup pot. So there's the kidney fire, the burner under the pot. There's the stomach, which is the soup pot itself, holding all of the food and the fluids that we've taken in. And then there's what we call spleen energy, which is the ladle that stirs and breaks down the food in the pot. So for many reasons, if we've eaten not enough, if we've eaten too much, if we've eaten food that the body doesn't recognize or can be hard to break down, You can imagine that this extracting of nutrients from the soup pot, and the constant stirring required, sometimes gets weak. Uh, So spleen then carries the chi extracted from the nutrients of the food and fluid up into the lungs where the chi for our body is made and then spread out. And then of course the waste product is taken down to the small intestines. Spleen has a challenging job for all of the reasons why that we just talked about. In a fast-paced world, in a world where we're eating a lot of processed food, in a world where we're taking in a lot of stimulus more and more all of the time, spleen can often get weak. And this happens when when the, the food essence doesn't ascend properly. And we may see frequent or urgent stools, undigested food in the stool, or a sinking, sort of heavy-limbed, weighed-down sort of feeling. Our muscles feel weak. We might feel fatigued. So what does it look like when the body is asking for support of the spleen? Again, we might weak appetite, some nausea, some diarrhea, maybe some gas and bloating, maybe some hemorrhoids or acid reflux. There might be a bit of brain fog. Spleen and stomach are also affected by worry and overthinking, and it can lead to eating disorders. So it is very congruent with how we're using the GEMOS and when we need support of the spleen.
0: Wow, fascinating, wonderful. It sounds like almost everyone could use common fig at one time (laughs) or another, doesn't it?
2: Agreed. Yeah,
0: so, Uh, If you are following us along and and you found this interesting, I want to make sure that you have tapped into our introductory video and recording because we talk quite a bit about um, why we're doing this and about our individual lenses. Megan particularly gives you some wonderful insight into Asian medicine. And so I'd like to refer you back and let you know we'll be um, going right through the alphabet with these extracts to be able to furnish you with a lovely um, uh, set of references for your home and for your practice. If you're looking for more information on gemotherapy, I'd like you to come to my website, laurenhubile.com. I'd like you to look up my books um, and they are available on Amazon and um, take a look at the information I share on my blog. Terry, anything that you'd like to suggest today for those intrigued by trees?
1: Well, I'm going to refer back to one of my very favorite books because this book covers 40 or more trees in it from all over the world. So, The Meaning of Trees by Fred Fred Agamator. Beautiful, thanks. Thanks, Terry and
2: Megan. Yes, if you're interested in finding out more about my practice or Asian medicine, you can visit my website, aculemp.com, And if you're interested in an overview of Asian medicine, I recommend the book by Ted Kapchuk, The Web That Has No Weaver. Wonderful.
0: Megan, Terry, thanks so
2: much for joining me. Thank you.